It says, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You are also to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you love, if you love or have love for one another. So we just read in Mark, there is no greater commandment. And then here in the book of John, this is the same Lord Jesus speaking. And he's saying, a new commandment I give to you. But if there is no greater commandment, and he said, this is, this is the commandments that I give you. These are the commandments that I give you. Why did he say a new commandment? He wasn't using the word new in the sense that we think new. New in the sense of the latest. But he was just saying a fresh commandment. So he's saying it's not new, meaning as in it's not the latest thing. It didn't just come up. He already said that the commandments is the first to love God with everything, your mind, your heart, your strength, your soul. And he says, love your neighbor as yourself. So when he's saying it's a new commandment, he's just saying a fresh thing. So he's just, he's just, he wants to give the people a fresh revelation of an already existing commandment. All right? So this is powerful because Jesus said, by this all people will know that you are my disciples. Prayer is powerful. Y'all know I love praying. And, and, we, and we have a praying church. But notice that Jesus didn't say by how much you pray, the world will know that you are my disciples. We believe in the gifts of the Spirit in our church. We believe in the power of God. We believe in miracle signs, wonders, healing, and deliverance in our church. We believe that God is still active, moving, and working in the days that we're living in. But notice, he didn't say by these signs, people will know that you're my disciples. He didn't say by the knowledge of scripture that you have. He didn't say by the amount of Instagram likes that you get. He didn't say by the amount of, of, of wealth that you obtain in this life, people will know that you're my. Now, all of these things are not bad. That's not what I'm saying. All these things are not bad. But he's letting us, he's going, he's cutting straight to the chase. He's letting us know. He says, by this, by what? He says, by the love that you show one another. When you, he's saying, when you all love each other, when you get this thing together, community, fellowship, relationship, then the world will know that you're my disciples. So the world is confused. Because we're called to be the church, but the way we're conducting ourselves, it doesn't add up to the beliefs the words of the Lord Jesus so when we are proclaiming one thing but living another it confuses the world but I believe ah, and I and, and I'm getting excited if y'all would just allow me my team back there audio visual if I could just <laughs> I believe that God is lifting up a church not just I'm talking about worldwide there is a generation that God is lifting up, that is filled with the power of God, that is filled with the knowledge of God, that is filled with the perseverance of the Holy Spirit, but is also filled with the love of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's the kind of church that we are raising up in the name of Jesus at Hope Center. A church that loves. Because let me tell you, I've known some people that speak in tongues all day and night and they'll still cuss you out. In, in English and in Spanish. I know some people that, I know some people, some theologians. Hey, I know some people that know the Greek, Hebrew, and Aramaic. They know, they know the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, but they have no love. 
The Bible says it means nothing if you have, if you're powerful in God, but you have no love. It's like it's it's like you get one of these instruments and you just and you just start strumming it. Uh, come here, let me show you something. We're gonna flow today. Just just just, just shout with me, flow, flow, flow. Oh, you didn't have to put it on. You didn't have to put it on. Just hold it. Just hold it. The, see, the world, the, world, the world needs for things to be in harmony within the church. You're getting ready to catch it. But when we are believing one thing, but living another, speaking another, what that sounds like, and if, I'm sorry about this, but you're going to, you might, let's see how this sounds. This just sounds like this. There's no harmony. The sound is, uh, some of y'all at home like, come on, Pastor, what are you doing? We're on the live stream right now. It just sounds like, it just sounds like noise. But when the church comes in harmony with one another, you got to be in the spirit. When the church gets in harmony with one another. Thank you so much. The Lord uses you tremendously. When we come in harmony and what we believe in and what we live becomes one, we begin to lift up a beautiful sound. We begin to lift up the name of Jesus. And he said, Jesus said, if I be lifted, I will draw all men. So it's powerful as we discuss relationships uh, the first week we discussed that when, when, uh, when we love ourselves, because the Bible says love your neighbor as yourself. So when we love ourselves according uh, to a biblical pattern, we begin to reflect. When we reflect, we reflect on the fact that we don't let our people or circumstances define who we are. But we find value in the fact that we are children of God and that we are valued and redeemed by him. When we love ourselves in a biblical way. We begin to assess. As the scripture says, freely you have received, freely give. So when you love yourself, right, and you understand that you are a work in progress, you have grace with other people. Because we, oftentimes we begin to measure out, right? Well, well, I'm bad, right? But that person is worse. Like, I'm not that bad. But see, the Lord doesn't want you to. He, be, he just begin to assess and view within. And you begin to reflect and assess that, you know what? I'm still growing as well. So when somebody else is growing, instead of putting them down, gossiping or murmuring about them, I'm going to lift them up in the name of the Lord. You begin, when you love yourself in a biblical way, you begin to connect with people. Because you realize that although our strengths impress people, it's our vulnerability that connects us to people. Your strength will impress me to a certain degree. But until I know your heart and you're vulnerable, that, that's the thing that's going to connect us. So when we connect with one another, we begin, if you remember the illustration, go back to that video for those who have subscribed. Uh, there, we began to use a bridge as an illustration because a bridge is a connection point. And so God is calling us in this time that we're living in not to lift up and build walls, but to be a bridge. So let's get into today's conversation talk, message, whatever you want to call it. Um, here's what's important for you to understand when it comes to breakups to makeups, relationships. Uh, what's important to understand is that although we are create, created equal, not all relationships are created equal. 
So although we are called to love one another, uh, the way that that is expressed may be different. Because in the way that I will love my sister, who's here, right, it, it's going to look different in the way that I love my wife, in the way that I love my family, in the way that I love the congregation, right? So you have to know how to distinguish relationships because the, the confusion or the struggle in relationships is when you are misappropriating relationships. Uh, I'm a friend to some. I'm a brother to others. I'm a leader I'm a mentor, I'm a father, I'm a pastor. And so based on the type of relationship that we have, you will adjust and accommodate to those accordingly. Uh, it's impossible to say, I, I treat all, everyone the same way. There are different dynamics, levels of trust, levels of confidence that you have in people that begins to build up. Uh, but I want to teach on, on, on levels of relationships because I feel like oftentimes people struggle uh, when it comes to relationships, it, they, they become disappointed, if I'm honest, with relationships because they have misappropriated or they have set false expectations in certain relationships. And so they, they battle with a lot of heartbreak and heartache. So I love this teaching that I heard several years ago, and I just want to share it. It was an amazing teaching that I heard by Bishop T.D. Jakes, and I just want to share this word that impacted me years ago. I was in a service with, with, where, he, where he was ministering, and I just want to share that. There will be people in your life that will be comrades, all right? Comrades. Comrades are, uh, are people who share the activities that you share in, a member of an organization. Let me get two brothers that are in the spirit. Come over here, Brother Sway. Come over here, Brother Felix. Comrades are people, catch this. <laughs> Comrades are people that are not into you. And they are not for you. And they are not even what you are for. Like the causes that you stand up for, they're not for that. They are against what you're against. You ever notice that when you have a common enemy... Even though your enemies, you'll still rally around your enemy. The enemy of my enemy is my friend. So they're not, they're not into you per se. And they're not necessarily into what you are for. But they are against what you're against. So we work alongside each other because we're comrades. So Because we're trying to conquer a certain thing. We're against a certain thing. And that's, that's what unites us. But here's the thing. Then there's another level of constituencies right your constituency are people that are not into you but they are for what you are for so there are certain things that we're called to conquer and you may not be into me but you're for what i am for if it's a certain cause so we we, we walk together because we're constituents we we work alongside each other because you although you may not be into me you're for the vision that I am for. And so that's the thing that unites us. So here's the thing. When your comrades and your constituency leaves you, don't get heartbroken because they will leave you. Yeah. Yeah. Come on now. Come on. So a lot of people place a certain expectation on people that were only supposed to be in your life for a season. So you form certain loyalties and in your heart and your mind, you desire for it to be long term and, for, and you tell each other, we're going to ride this thing out, man, to the end. 
man, listen, when everybody leaves you, I won't leave you. And you make promises in the moment of emotion. But that's why it's important to pray about your relationships. That's why it's important to pray for your friendships. It's important to pray for the connections and the people that you make soul ties with. Because it may very well be that they were just meant to be there for a season, but you're trying to hold on to people who were just there for that particular season. But then there's, thank you so much. Thank you so much. But then there is a, a, a last group of people that are your confidants. The confidants are against what you're against. They're for what you are for, but they're also into you. If you have just a few confidants, you are, you're beyond blessed. If you have, see, confidants, they're the people that go get you in a jailhouse. <laughs> you now have a collect call from, Lord, amen. Oh, yeah. Your confidants are the one that when you're in a drunken stupor, they're the one wiping you like, come on, man. That's before you got saved, though, right? <laughs> Your confidants are the one <clears throat> that says, I'm with you, and they are truly with you. Amen. Your confidants are the one that says, when things look good, I'm going to be by your side. And when things look bad, I'm going to be by your side. Amen. The confidants say, when you've got it together or when you don't have it together. Yeah. When we're in abundance or baby, when we're sharing a number two with the, with, with the fries on the side. But we're going to act like this number two is a, is, is a five-star meal. Yeah. Ah, I wish I had. Confidants are the people that see the vision alongside you. They don't have to, they don't have to see it physically, but they see the vision. They believe. Thank God for those who are confidants. Some of my confidants are in this room, and I thank God for them. And you're good, you're bad, you're ugly. They're right there. So it's important to know that comrades and constituency, they'll leave you. They're there for a season. But your confidants are there for a reason. And they will stick and stay. But at every level of these relationships, we honor each of them. I've had all types of relationships come in and out of my life. But in every season... We honor them. We thank God for the people that came and left. We thank God. How many of you can be honest? Thank God for the people that came and left. Amen. If we're honest, you're like, whoo, thank God. I learned my lesson from that relationship, but thank God I'm not in it anymore. Ah, thank God that that job was a blessing to me, but thank God that I'm not there anymore. Thank God. It, oh, I know I might, I might, I might. Uh, Thank God those people came into the church for the couple months they were there, but thank God they're no longer here. <laughs> so you, you know, you, you, you got you to gotta place the right expectations in the right relationships. Because otherwise, you know, you'll really struggle. Uh, and, and, and you really have to be prayerful about who your confidants are because those are the people that you can reveal your truths to, your secrets to. You can't just give everybody everything. But in Proverbs 18, 24, it says, there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. All right. Can I, can I go a little deeper? Yes. Are you all doing okay in the house? Yes. How are we doing over there? Are we looking good over here? All right. Let me go in a little deeper. It got a little warm in here. <clears throat> but uh, I want to go in a little deeper. Uh, so when it comes to relationships, let's, let's stick to those that are called to your life 
for a reason. They are your confidants. Here, here is what I need you to understand. If you have confidants in your life or at every level of relationship that you have, it's important to have the following because otherwise, if you don't have this thing that I'm going to be sharing on, even with your confidants, you will struggle. And even with your confidants, you will not reach the full potential. And that thing is communication. Say with me, communication. communication. Say with me, if you're on the chat, communication. Communication, communication. Your relationships will suffer. They will struggle and not reach their full potential based on the way it, uh, if there is a lack of communication or if there's not consistent and strong communication. Many people battle with this because of the, uh, from, from the beginning, from the gate, they have a wrong approach to communication. I'm really going to help relationships out, marriages out, people who are in business partnerships. Communication, I've seen, I've seen couples that have had the, the, I'm talking about the greatest of potentials break up because of lack of communication or bad communication. I've seen businesses that had, I'm talking about the greatest of potential of, 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 of going far. But the partnership's breaking up because of lack of communication or, or bad communication. Because it's all about the approach. Not many people teach on communication. So we communicate based on the way that we were trained and we were raised. Or if we didn't see an example of communication, we carry that into our patterns and in our relationships. So here you are, your girl talking about, why don't you tell me you love me? And here you are saying, I wasn't raised that way. Someone say fire. <laughs> See, just because you weren't raised that way or just because you came out of a dysfunctional uh, pattern or cycle or family doesn't mean that you can't be the one to make a change. So many people, you know, uh, whether it was a lack of communication or it just wasn't consistent, it wasn't strong people battle with communication but yet the bible i'm talking about if you look all throughout scripture all throughout the old and new testament talks about communication and i'm not hearing talk about communication but it's so powerful when we get communication down because if we get communication down we'll get relationships down if we get relationships down we'll be a bridge and connect to people and if we're able to be a bridge and relate to people then we can reach the loss because how can we be the church that's good. That's a good part right there for you to celebrate Jesus. If we can't relate to people, if we can't communicate to the world, how are we going to win them over to the kingdom? So we're here, we're praying for souls, but you don't know how to talk to souls. We're praying for revival, but yet you don't know how to spark a conversation. And all throughout the Bible, it talks about communication. I'll just read these scriptures. Are you all doing okay? All right. Let me read these scriptures. You know, I'm not, I, usually I do 30, 45 minutes. I'm on the live right now, baby. You ain't, I'm going to go in today because you're at home. You're in bed. You, you're on your couch right now. <laughs> it says in Colossians, I'll just read these. In Colossians chapter 4, verse 6, let your, catch this. Listen to them as I'm reading them out. Let your speech always be gracious. Seasoned with salt so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. Communication. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 4. Let there be no filthiness or foolish talk nor crude joking which are out of place. But instead let there be thanksgiving. Communication. 
Colossians chapter 3 verse 8. But now you must put uh, them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Communication. Proverbs chapter 18 verse 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruit. So you're here every day declaring and speaking out of your mouth. I'm broke. I'm lonely. I have no hope. I'm going to stay unemployed forever. I'm never going to find that person for me, Lord. Now realizing that you are speaking your destiny. Life and death is in your tongue. Communication. Proverbs chapter 16 verse 24. Gracious words are like honeycomb. Sweetness to the soul and health to the body. Did you know that by the words you speak, you can, it can even affect your body. You ever, somebody gave you a bad report, bad news, or cussed you out, and it just affected you. Mentally, emotionally, and physically. Because words are that powerful. Communication. Proverbs chapter 19, verse 11. Good sense makes one slow to anger, and it is glory to uh, overlook an offense. Now, I want to give you just, just three things. And if I have my family is writing these notes down, I want you to catch this. I want you to write these things that will strengthen your communication skills in a biblical way. In a biblical way. The first thing that I want to share that will strengthen and really help you, uh, your communication, is this first thing is honesty. Honesty. You can't expect someone to be honest with you if you're not honest with them. You can't expect to heal from something that you've never revealed. As long as you are in denial and conceal things, you will never be able to heal. And if you don't heal now in the season that you're in, as I mentioned the first week, you will bleed on people that never cut you. So you'll approach all types of relationships on the defense. This person is going to hurt me. This person, th that person is going to betray me. That, can I tell you, the Lord Jesus walked every day with people that would betray him. But yet he loved them. Because he was whole. He knew, this one's going to betray me. This one's going to deny me. But yet, they were in his crew. Because he didn't place, uh, uh, he didn't misappropriate or place the, the false expectations on them. He said, this person is going to betray me. This person, you know. May be still growing, may deny me, but all of them are going to serve a purpose. Can I tell you, every relationship will serve a purpose in your life. But you have to be honest. You have to be honest. Proverbs chapter 27, verse 5 and 6 says, better is an open rebuke than hidden love. <laughs> Baby, if you're trying to be my confidant and we can't be honest with one another, we're going to have to reevaluate this relationship. I can't tell you the truth and you get upset and build a wall of offense every time I want to have a conversation that's real and honest. Because, because conversation, communication doesn't mean fighting. Can I help people that's connected? Just because we're, uh, uh, we're in a moment of conflict, it doesn't mean we have to fight. It doesn't mean it's the end. Conflict is not, it doesn't equate to fighting. It just simply means that it's an opportunity for clarity. So in order to have healthy relationships, you have to have conflict. Unresolved conflict will ruin your relationships. But conflict is simply opportunity to bring clarity. 
So you have to be honest because the things that you don't reveal will never heal. Proverbs 16 verse 28, a dishonest man brings strife. A dishonest person spreads strife and a whisper separates close friends. James chapter 5 verse 16 says, therefore confess your sins to one another. Check this out. It didn't say confess your sins to God. That's crazy. Read your Bible. James chapter 5 verse 16. It says, confess your sins to one another. Now, do I just go around telling everybody my sins? No. Your confidants. The person that God has brought into your life that you know you can give that information to. It says, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another, not not let me confess my sin and then you go around spreading my business to when somebody comes to you pray for them don't slander them don't look down on them don't push them away but the bible says it says confess your sins and pray for one another that you may be healed that you may be healed The prayer of a righteous person has great power and it is effective. So you have to have honesty. You have to have honesty. You have to practice that. But how will they respond? But how will they react? You have to be honest. If that conversation means that that it will impact the relationship, then it's better that you see it early. See the signs. Read the signs. Pay attention to them. Honesty. Honesty. Is this good, by the way? Is this good? You have to be honest. The second thing I want to give you is after honesty, you have to listen. Ah. You have to listen. My wife has openly rebuked me many times because she was... She'll start a conversation, and I'm, I'm doing something. Are you listening to me? Uh-huh. You can't hear her in the chat, but she in the back talking about, mm-hmm. are you listening to me? And I say, yes. What did I say? Well, uh, and then I'll try to change the subject. This is something that we have to be intentional about. There's a difference between hearing and listening. Hearing, you just do this. These are open. And they just pick up the frequency. But listening is active. I'm, 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 I'm receiving it. I'm picking it up. I'm able to give back the information that you just gave me. And, and I'm in tune. I'm checking in. Is this what you mean by that? Here's what people do. They hear information, but immediately they're looking for the rebuttal. So, you're, so, so somebody tells you, I need to have a conversation with you. You're already going through the list of a hundred things. Well, she did this to me. She said this to me. They acted like this. So when they come to me, they better not, they better not come to me talking about something. <laughs> because as soon as they come to me, I'm going to hit them with that list. Someone said, I, I have receipts. <laughs> yeah, you go screenshotting messages. I... I wish they would say something to me. And as soon as as what could potentially be a healthy conversation 
that will bring you closer to a person that will connect you to them you ever built you ever built a solid amazing relationship friendship with someone with somebody that you did not get along with in the beginning like immediately you just like i would not connect with them like i just I, I, there's no way, like their personality, I'm an extrovert, they're an introvert, I'm loud, they're not, they're silly, I don't like to play, I don't like to joke, and then you get into, and, you, and, and, and then you begin to, you know, there's the tension, and there's the back and forth, and then just look at you some time later, you, 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 can't, you, you can't even separate yourselves now, now you texting each other, I love you, God bless you, giving words of encouragement, when we gonna do dinner, it's amazing. What having conversations can do. What communicating, but not just hearing their perspective, is actually listening to their perspective. Listening. 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 Catch this. Listening to understand, not to debate. Look at what the... The book of James, chapter 1, verse 19 and 20 says, it says, Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear. But this, is, this hearing is intentional hearing. This is the same hearing that when the Lord said, those that have an ear, let them hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to the church. This is that same word, but it's translated into active listening that you will practice, right? So he says, be quick to hear, slow to speak. Oh, Many of us have that opposite. It's in reverse. We fast to speak and we're slow to listen. <laughs> we're ready to just jump out the gate. But the Bible is telling us, let us be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Proverbs chapter 18 verse 2 says, a fool takes no pleasure in understanding. So when you're not seeking understanding, you become like a fool. That's what the Bible says. The book of Proverbs chapter 18 verse 13. If one gives an answer before he hears, it is his folly and shame. If you give an answer before you process it, with the information that people give you, it could be from a close friend, it could be your spouse, your husband, your wife. Before you react, can I help people that are on this chat? Before you react, pray. Process the information. Don't just begin to speak emotions. Because we often speak things that we, that we regret in times of emotions. And then we're having to ask for forgiveness. Or then, or better yet, some of us holding grudges for days, months, and some people for years. Unbelievable. The Lord says, don't let the anger fall. Uh, don't let the sun, rather, fall on your anger for those who are married. In other words, don't go to sleep angry with your spouse. Don't go to sleep with that resentment, that bitterness. You know my wife and I, can I keep it real? My wife and I, we used to take pride in how long we could hold grudges. The devil is a liar. We used to look at each other. Hey, hey, hey. She used to look at, oh, you two days without talking to me? I go three days. Four days? I go five days. I used to look at, I'll go a week. Devil is a liar. But what that does is that it disintegrates the relationship. What you don't notice is that you begin to drift away. 
from one another. And it could very well be that you're called to be with that person. It's just a lack of communication that's causing it to struggle. And what brings healing is when you listen. Listen to understand. I may not agree with it, but I'm still going to, let me give you this third thing. I'm still going to compromise. Let me give you this third thing. Compromise. <laughs> Some people are laughing on the chat. Uh, for those who are, who, are, who are on the chat, I want to let you know my wife and I, we got delivered. We got delivered. Don't worry. Don't, don't worry. Don't worry. We're delivered now. <laughs> Now my wife and I, we're in such a place where uh, we realize that we live every day as if it were our last. Because we know that tomorrow is not promised. So we love each other like it's our last day. We tell each other how much we value one another. We, t we let our children, we embrace them each and every day like it's our last. Uh, and whenever there's conflict, whenever there's disagreement, we seek this third thing, to compromise. Compromise doesn't mean you're weak. You have your perspective. I have my perspective. We may, but compromise says, let's seek a solution because at the end of the day, we still got to ride in this journey together. At the end of the day, I got to look at your funky self when I wake up in the morning for those who are married. So, so <laughs> some, people are, some people are here in the audience. They pointing at each other. All types of madness is happening in the background that you cannot see. <laughs> At the end of the day, we are the church. We have to stand with one another. At the end of the day, we got a mission. We got to reach souls. We got to preach the gospel. We got to heal people in the name of Jesus. We got to deliver them. We got to set them free. We have a great vision that we have to pay attention to. So because we have to work alongside each other, we might as well figure this thing out. Because when we fellowship, it means that we are, we are fellows on the ship. You can't jump ship now, baby. We, my God, I feel the glory of God. We did not come this far to give up now. God didn't unite us for us to separate now. God did not bring us together so that we can give up on each other. If we are on the ship and we are called to fellowship, then we're not jumping the ship. We're going to stick in this thing in Jesus' name. Ah. Before that, we have to compromise. I know I was doing some teaching and laying some good foundation, but now I feel like preaching. Amen. Hey, you can disagree, but don't dismiss. Just because they don't have your perspective doesn't mean that their perspective is wrong. When you put, when you put a light, catch this. If you have a light in one position, you'll only see one dimension of me. But you need multiple lights in order to see the fullness of who I am. Don't make a permanent decision on me based on one way that you view me. You've got to have the full light on me in order to view who I truly am. So you may have one perspective of the story, but you need to have all perspectives in order to make a judgment call. So before you put them down, pray for them to say, let me get the full story. Before you criticize me or put me down, let me seek understanding. I've got to compromise. You can't have the attitude of it's my way or the highway. Your relationships will struggle and suffer when you live by that, by that saying and by that motto. It's my way or the highway. 
No, 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 no. It's not my way or the highway. It's, it's how can we make this thing work? And can I tell you that when people are called to you for a reason, not just for a season, you have to give space and room for, uh, for, for your confidence to grow. You can't expect, my wife can't expect me to be the same person I was 13 years ago. My wife and I have been together for 13 years. I cannot be that same person she met. You know, you say, but you used to do this. You used to do that. Baby, that was for that season in that time. That was necessary and that was vital. People ask this, how, how do you make it work? You have three kids, you're, you're a pastor, you're married, you have all this happening. One of, the, one of the things that we've learned in communication is that we always adjust to the rhythm. Balance, I don't get into that because when I look at the Bible, it doesn't talk about balance. It speaks about priorities. Matthew chapter 6 is not balance, it's priorities. It says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Everything else is added. So it's not a thing of balance because if, if I were to try to balance everything out, it means I just, the, the same amount of weight is distributed upon me. And, and it doesn't work like that. The way that I balance is I have attention here for this moment. I have attention here for this moment. I can't, I can't, I can't have my kids in here crying and I'm holding them and preaching. People think they can do life that way. Pastor, you got to balance it out. So I'm, a, I'm supposed to feed my baby, change their diapers while preaching, while kissing my wife and show her effects. That's, that's balance, but that's not a real thing. So I know, I know, I know, I know. But Holy Spirit, help me for balance. No, no, no. The Bible speaks about priorities. So in this moment that I am here preaching, my priority is, I, I, my, my kids is not the priority right now. As in this moment that I'm preaching, this assignment that I have to speak is my priority. So then we adjust. If this is not my priority for now, then we adjust the weight amongst each other. And we adjust. When you have a strain or something that was unexpected, in relationships, you will always grow stronger when you learn to adjust to the rhythm through the help of the Holy Spirit. So it's not, it's not my way or the highway. It's how can we make this thing work? Let me give you this last thing. Uh, I'm enjoying myself. <laughs> Uh, I have my shoes on today. I'm not going to throw my socks. I'm going to throw my shoe at the camera. I'm feeling this thing. I said I'm feeling this thing. You can't make everything about you. You can't make everything about you. You cannot. The scripture lets us know that we have to die to pride and ego. So relationships are strong healthy successful when you have the other person in mind always you consider them in your friendship you consider them in the decisions that you make you seek wisdom because you know that any thought decision or action that you take can impact that dynamic in that relationship we have precedent all throughout the new testament of how we're constantly called to crucify the flesh, to die to ourselves so that we can ultimately have these relationships and ultimately glorify God through our relationships. Philippians 1.21 says, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Galatians chapter 5 verse 24, and those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh 
with its passions and its desires. So how does my relationship grow and get stronger when I die to myself? Because otherwise, if you are, it's all about me, you're going to be by yourself talking about, it's all about me. But remember, isolation always brings deprivation. You will never fulfill your full potential outside of connection with people. So you have to love me, Brother Lewis. <laughs> Pastor Jody, you have to love me. My sister, Pastor Andrew, you have to love me. You all have to love me. I have to love these people. Because the purpose of God will not be fulfilled if I think that it would, I'm able to do all of this on my own. Baby, you're stuck because you're trying to do everything on your own. I can figure it out. I can do it. I can, I can read tutorials. I can go. It's when you, do you know how much time, energy, how much headache you'll prevent, how much heartache you prevent if you just let down your pride and your ego and say, you know what? I may not be the best at that, but I know that brother can do it. I know that sister can do it. Let's come alongside each other and let's make this thing work. It's not all about me. So the highest form of relationships is when a person has determined I'm going to serve in my relationship. The reason why, as difficult as days may be, when, you know, for those that have children, especially little ones, hey, I have three little ones. I have a three-year-old, I have a three-year-old, a one-year-old, and I have a six-month-old. For those that have little ones, hey, pray for me. But yet I love it every day. The days feel long, but the years are short. And every day, even though I'm tired and exhausted, I pour everything into my children that I can. Because I realize, I realize that I'm called to serve them. Every day, as, as exhausted and tired as I am, I have to listen to my wife when she wants to vent. I have, to, I have to put myself in a posture and in a mindset. And sometimes I got to go away for a little bit and breathe. Holy Spirit, help me right now because whoo. And I come back because I'm called to serve my wife. The reason why I give everything that I have to this church Hope Center and I will, and I, and I will give my all, my strength, my energy is because I'm called to serve this ministry. So everything that you'll serve, you honor and it will bring life to it. And whatever has life will grow. Amen. Hallelujah.